Welcome to Cursed Objects with me, Dr. Kasha T, uh, object enthusiast and hoarder. And me, Dan Hancocks. I always said Dr. Dan Hancocks, <laughs> which is just giving myself a PhD that I haven't done. You're like Dr. Dr. Fox. This is um, Dr. Fox all over again. Not a real doctor. Oh Dr. Gillian McKeith, not how, a real how, doctor. How dare you compare me to those utter charlatans? <laughs> Dr. Fox, not a real fox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, yes, me, Dan Hancock's a real, a real Dan, but um, but but with no doctorate. I do have an undergrad degree. Are there people out there that like put like the you know BA brackets ons after their names? I think in, there like, are in public. That, that's so embarrassing. Um, but yes, I, I while I do have a BA ons, that wasn't the thing I was going to lead with uh, to introduce myself. I'm a journalist and author. Hello, I'm also. Uh, cycling enthusiast and a maker of I just had a f- absolutely excellent sandwich I've been to the gym so I just want to brief our listeners I'm feeling slightly hyperactive because I've sort of got the adrenaline but also maybe haven't quite eaten enough today so if I <laughs> crash really hard about halfway through the episode see if you can listen for that yeah like watch the watch the kind of graph of my energy levels or rather listen as the graph of my energy levels dips <laughs> hard in the uh, in the second half of the show but yeah what a sandwich copper um, I bought I drunk bought some um some like Italian charcuterie and spoonable gorgonzola and induya and stuff like that um after the pub on Friday night which is how I uh, spend my hard-earned money Ooh, <laughs> late night my, shopping uh, I know late night shopping for charcuterie on a sort of midnight on a Friday night I mean the worst things you can spend your money on <laughs> things that don't last as long um <laughs> um but yeah, how are you doing, Cash? Yeah, I'm all good. I had so much fun this weekend. Listeners, I met some of Cash's mates at the weekend, including the designer of our fantastic artwork, Archie Bashford, <laughs> who is responsible for the amazing Beans Clock, which at some point when we get around to it, you will be able to get some some merch with, with that on eventually. Look, we're busy, okay? Um, and also uh, subscriber Daniel Wilson, uh, Patreon um, subscriber and we had a lovely time and went out to the Shackleton Arms for the first time in ages. That was sort of like a cursed object field trip in a way, wasn't it? Because there were people there dressed like razor light. Yeah, there was like there was a weird subcultural range, a really weird subcultural range. Lots of like young, young kind of trendy alternative types, you know, like and then also that guy that was dressed like he loved razor light. It was quite intense. Very confusing. It wasn't just one guy though. I think I'm worried that indie sleaze is making a comeback because it sort of it really looked that way. There was swishy fringes and you know people in leather jackets and who looked like they sort of were you know wanted to be invited to Pete Doherty's parties and stuff. And I just I didn't know people like that were still out there. Not in Dalston anyway. <laughs> 
I was very drunk by that point, so <laughs> everyone started to blur into everyone else. <laughs> we must stop ordering shots. Yeah, the shots, the shots, the shots hit hard. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was also it was also quite sweet to turn up and meet the sort of maker of our artwork for the first time, Archie, and be given a bottle of hot sauce by him. Aww. Incredible. There was a lot of gift giving going on on Saturday night, wasn't there? Like I I yeah. I brought some. What are they called? Enoki mushrooms, Sichuan enoki mushrooms, which, like, it's incredibly spicy beer snack. Well, I don't think they're supposed to be a beer snack, but I think they're a beer snack. I bought those for Kasha. Thank you. Archie bought hot sauce for me and for Kasha that he'd made himself, which is also incredibly fierce, like, really, really <laughs> fiery stuff. You have mine, though. You have mine because I didn't have a bag, and I'm really scared that you're going to eat it all. <laughs> Yeah, you better move fast. Honestly, I've literally got through a quarter of the bottle of that hot sauce already. <laughs> Not yours, mine, that is, but uh, you need to move quickly, mate. I was going to say. And then and then subsequently, there was a conversation that Cash and I had at a later stage of the evening, should we say, I can't quite remember when it was, um, that I'd sort of half forgotten about, but it was, it was about the relative merits of sci-fi because I've been upsetting everybody by saying I've never watched Lord of the Rings. Which is not sci-fi, sorry, but, you know, we're talking about fantasy and sci-fi mm-hmm. and what the appeal is. And, you know, I said, obviously, I understand that these are sort of ways of looking at the real world, the one that I'm, I guess, a bit more interested in, in a different way. And subsequently, I had I had a delivery arrive at my house this week. Did you? I wonder what was that? Yeah, I, <laughs> I wonder what that was. <laughs> so, so Kasha had been enthusing about the work of Octavia Butler to me. Um, on Saturday night and I received two of her novels in the post this week which I'm very excited to get stuck into because you did make a very persuasive case. Thank you. There's an episode of uh, Afrofuturism coming soon to Cursed Objects, maybe Blessed Objects because it's perfect. Oh, we could do like a reading group. (laughs) Not a reading, no I mean not literally a reading group but we, we could do could we do like a book club episode? Is that mad? Ooh. Maybe. If anyone's Maybe a interested Patreon in thing. a yeah, if anyone's interested in a book club episode, let us know and we will consider it. Maybe get something together. Does that mean, does that mean they'd all get to join in? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they and our four hundred odd listeners to each episode would. It would be a bit chaotic, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I love chaos. <laughs> I've always loved <laughs> Embrace chaos. The chaos. Embrace the chaos. Yeah, come on. So in the kind of spirit and vein of gift giving, um, I think that like, yeah, this week's been a perfect week for it. And I've just been thinking a lot about the types of gifts that we give different people. And I think the thing that was like really striking is that the gifts that we all kind of gave each other this week and this weekend were like incredibly personalized. So they were personalized to our own interests, but also to the interest that we kind of ascribe to our friends, right? That comes from a place of knowing or it comes from a place of generosity. And I just kind of have been thinking about the anonymousness of a lot of gift giving or about the different types of gift giving. And often I think that gift giving, well, I don't think this is just my observation. You know, I don't think this is like, I don't think this is only my hot take, but obviously the gifts (laughs) that we give people are gendered, right? Are inherently gendered Mm. often, Uh, especially when you kind of just type in gifts for men (laughs) so I think this episode I kind of wanted to explore uh the presence that we give men particularly 
And there is obviously an episode coming on the gifts that we give to women. But I found something upstairs that also kind of weirdly coincided with this week of gift giving. So, Dan, are you ready uh, for me to describe the cursed object of this week? And this is going to be, to be clear, this is a, a gift for a man, right? This is a, a gift a for gender, a man. A heavily yeah. gendered gift. And you sort know of how... thing you might give to me. And you know how yeah. you know it's a gift for no. a man? Because it says on it, the gift for him. <laughs> Literally on the object. <laughs> on the object. So this is uh, a little bit... bit on a... the nose, isn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you're so anonymous that <laughs> we need to say on the gift. We need to really spell it out that this is a gift for him. So <laughs> I, as you know, I kind of live in this weird house and we were clearing out my grandmother's room recently. And that is just like, it's just a treasure trove of junk and nonsense. And I found <laughs> this thing. And at first glance, you know, I love a book. And I picked it up and I was like, oh shit, is that a book? And it's it's meant to look like a book. It's actually a, I think- What does it say on the spine, sorry? On the spine it says, the concise dictionary. And then underneath okay. it says, bright spirit. And then there's three stars. And then it says, port. And then at the bottom it says, modern book depot. And it's made out of um, China, some kind of, China, some kind of what I don't know what you call that material. Some kind bit of unusual clay. for a book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I can <laughs> <So> hear it. <laughs> made of some kind of pottery. And it is made to look like a book, but it's actually like one of those books that you put into your bookcase and then you take it out and da da da, it's not a book at all. It's actually <gasps> uh it's actually like a decanter yeah. that you would put like alcohol oh, in. And you put it in so there to obviously keep it away from the wife <laughs> because alcoholism <laughs> is so normalized that it's yep. like, yep, the wife, and, she doesn't. And gendered. <laughs> and gendered, exactly. And it's just really interesting. Do you know what is, because obviously I was just talking about all the, all the junk that's in her room and like, it's amazing because the middle bit of the book is like, you know, they've kind of um, textured the kind of middle bit that's supposed to look like the pages to actually kind of look like pages, but obviously it's clay. And at the, at the kind of top, there's like a spout. So you pour the alcohol in, there's this kind of like spout <laughs> that I assume you just drink straight from. Like wow. just, oh, excuse me while I just drink from my book, which is gift for him. Was the implication that and was the implication that you were supposed to put port in it specifically? So you're supposed to be glugging fortified wine from a spout of a <laughs> of a China book. Because yeah. that's not... I'm not like a connoisseur of port or anything. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan unless there's some Stilton present, I guess. But... Um, but that's that's not you're supposed to have it in fairly small measures in a glass, aren't you? I think so. I don't think I, I think don't, so. To be honest, I think uh, I might tweet. I think maybe you're editorialising a little bit in saying you're supposed to drink from the spout. Is it not possible you're supposed to pour that into a glass? I mean, I personally would pour from. I would personally drink from the spout. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're gonna go you to going to the trouble of having a like decanter that's dressed up as a book that presumably sure. also your partner who was probably your wife would have bought you as a kind of novelty yeah. gift i don't know why you yeah. would then pour it into pour it into the mock book then pour it out into mm -hmm. a glass surely you would just sip straight from the book <laughs> from the devil's fair, book fair no yeah yeah <laughs> straight from the book why not 
Well, I'm looking forward to you bringing this out next time we <laughs> next time next time we hit the town. Um, Only if you bring like strawberry. a like a alcohol boot. You know, there's lots of like things that like decanters, oh which are like shoes, I think particularly, or like fake pipes, or like yard right. yard things. You know, there's that episode of Peep Show where they're like, oh yeah, we're a couple of yardies, and they're like, they just got a yard of ale <laughs> on Mars. I mean, a yard of ale. <laughs> I, it is it is a terrible way to I mean not that I've ever I've never seen one of those IRL but I'm aware that it is a thing you can get maybe it's more of a country pub thing than a high street London pub thing but um, a boot on the other hand seems like I mean that's in the terrain of stupid novelty gifts presumably as well which is what we're talking about today really I suppose. although not entirely and I think what I'm hoping today is we can talk about the range of like gifts that are identified as being for men as opposed to just being gifts full stop mm-hmm. um because because there's i think there's a whole we could almost do like a whole taxonomy of all the different types of gifts for men because there's the incredibly crass smutty toilet humor type cheap and cheap plastic you know um things that are probably under a tenner the novelty, the novelty right? Exactly. Yeah. So, like, they're usually like 1970s, like bad jokes, or they're like things to do with like male or female anatomies and like toilet humor, oh, right? And the emphasis, I don't think here is on longevity, but I've seen some no. super, super cursed ones, which I'm sure we can get into in the episode. <laughs> the, the sort of things that, yeah, the sort of things that would make you, yeah, chuckle and then literally never look at it ever again. Mm. I mean, I feel like a lot of these sort of cheap, nasty, disposable gifts that um, gifts for men that you see quite a lot of in places like Urban Outfitters, I think, including like toilet books are, are, are quite a man gift. I think they fall under the heading of gifts for men. Um, though I found a, a list online of like hilarious sort of toilet books, which included Fifty Sheds of Grey, a parody about <laughs> sheds. Um, and then, and then another one was like rude hand gestures of the world, which was just like some poor bloke has been, some poor like out of work actor has been art- tasked with like being photographed doing different rude hand gestures from around the world. That's you know he's come he's come home to his to his family. Oh, how did you? How was work today, darling? He's like, oh, I had to had to do the like Madagascan symbol for fuck off. You know, with with my with my hand or whatever. Um, ultimate, yeah, just, just the sort of thing. satisfaction there. Ultimate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, do you know what? This is why I got into you know modelling, acting, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, and then and then inevitably, very British problems was in there as well. The sort of yeah. the book that began the book that begins as a Twitter account or a, you know previously probably a Tumblr, maybe an Instagram account now that then becomes like a. A stocking filler. Now, like, I'm not saying all stocking fillers are bad, and they, they, they certainly, but they certainly, there's a lot in the middle of the Venn diagram of stocking filler and potential subject of a cursed objects episode, isn't mm. there? <laughs> like, that, that grey area in it. Because do you know what? I think a lot of the categories that we explore here overlap mm. quite a lot. I think that in the novelty, I think there's also a significant overlap with the kind of generic and mundane. I'd say that they're two separate mm. categories, although there is an overlap. So, like, for me, the novelty has a, an inherently more sticky kind of unsettling, mm. uh, more slightly more disposable, although not necessarily nature. Like, I saw a mug online that said... 
best farter ever. It's for Father's Day instead of father, you know, like a misspelling of the word father. I want, I want, like, stop, stop the world. I want to get on. This know. sort of thing upsets me so much. We talked I about know. this before, Cash, haven't we? Off air, but we're both extremely unimpressed with uh, with toilet humour and with like scatological humour. Grow up everybody. I think I think I felt that way when I was twelve years old as well. Like I know me too. When I was I've 12, always felt it. You go into a joke shop and I'd be like, you fuck, you losers. You need to get get a life. Alright? Get a life. Grow up. I completely agree. And like, you know, I've also seen like researching this. So I feel like even discussing this is hard for me because I'm such a prude <laughs> when it comes to toilet humor. I'm like, I can't deal with it. And like, Amen. I saw like some glow. It was like glow in the dark plus glow in the dark testicles that were also hand warmers. Why would you buy someone oh, that? Like, I'm, I'm really <laughs> upset right now. Yeah, I'm going. Isn't it? It's great. Cash and I have known each other for several years. We did this podcast for a year, and we've only actually discovered this week that we're both massive prudes when it comes to this whole thing. But it's, it's another thing we have in common. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, really, grow up, everybody. I think the other, the other thing that so that's that's cursed. Okay, this is a, you know I think we probably have to accept Cash that that is a subjective opinion on our part and not not something that we can make a particularly sort of you know uh, sturdy sort of theoretical or ideological case for being bad or cursed but what mm. you can say that would be my feeling anyway I think what you can say is more objectively cursed about the kind of gifts for men that you might find in a joke shop or you know on the on a table by the near the till you know under a tenner cheap plastic is that they're absolutely cursed in the context of the you know mountain of plastic mountains of plastic that are mm. filling like landfill sites around the world and like you've mentioned the disposability of this stuff already and I think that is that is absolutely one of the things that's most cursed about this stuff it is not designed to last it is not designed to provide anybody with anything more than like at most a minute of going <laughs> and once you've like had that very small like no one's no one's rolling in the aisles are they at like a, 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 some like testicle shaped hand warmers like uh, speak for yourself and, and, uh, i'm sure there's loads of people yeah, listening that think it's they, excellent yeah there will be <laughs> listeners like shouting at their smartphones right now but um I find but, it like, funny. Yeah, this, but this stuff is always like produced in you know in countries with like really poor labor standards with like from like cheap plastic that you know is is just not gonna last it will be thrown in the bin we'll be on a landfill site within five minutes and doesn't give it, I mean, crucially, doesn't give anyone any sustained pleasure, I mm. think. You know, like, I mean, that, your, you know, today's totemic cursed object, the book that pours you booze, like, that hasn't been getting a lot of use, has it, let's face it, <laughs> over I mean, the years. Yeah, it was just upstairs, but now I know about it. I mean, I know it says gifts for him, but I am inherently a rule breaker. Yeah. So <laughs> now that I've got it. And yeah. we're all about, you know... We're Fucking all about over the gender, gender binaries. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but do you know what? I think it's really interesting that you kind of mention this tat in like relation to plastic buildup because obviously, yeah, that's like my first thought as well. And it kind of got me thinking about. I mean, the conversations in which we're centering man gifts or gifts for men at the moment is a particularly kind of like. I think we're kind of thinking about it from the kind of two thousands ish onwards. Mm. 
what I think is really interesting about the object that we've got here today is actually right on the bottom, uh, there's a little print that actually just says West Germany. So this comes back. This Whoa. object actually <laughs> dates back oh to like gosh. before the fall of the of the Berlin Wall, That's... before the fall of like, you know, communism, when there was still East and West Germany. It's it's pretty amazing that it's like lasted this long in my house. That's really surprising to me in the sense that, yeah, I think if I'm, um, you know, regular listeners will know that we love periodizing stuff on this show we love talking about you know what the meaning of particular decades or like eras is kind of culturally and socially and stuff and um i think the i would have assumed that the idea of a specific set of gifts that will be suitable for a man or a woman and will be gendered that explicitly would be quite recent like you know mm. um the and which is about sort of how the modes of like production of of tat have like gone into overdrive in the last I would say roughly thirty years. Mm. Um, like I wouldn't have expected um, a gift for a gift you know gifts for men to really be a thing in what you know by definition this if it was produced in West Germany then it's before nineteen ninety that that thing was produced. Um, you know it's it's also it's I think partly about the relationship. This this kind of periodization of like the last thirty years is when you have gifts for men and gifts for women. I'm guessing, you know, anyway, mm. uh, is is partly based on sort of how like the relationship between PR, marketing, and advertising also gearing up to a completely different level than they would have been in say the sixties or seventies. And I say this from the perspective as a from the perspective of a journalist who get signed up to loads of PR mailing lists that I have not asked to be signed up to. <laughs> so I get I get emails around, I would say, October, November, maybe, saying like, you know, dear Dan, and it's obviously like a mail merge, like nobody, the person doesn't know who I am or whatever. Dear Dan, like, are you putting together any gift guides for Christmas? Because I've got a great selection of things that we'd love to get in your gift guide. Mm. As if like, me a freelance journalist is like you know because because that email they're hoping it's going to hit um someone at i don't know stylist magazine or the sunday times or like you know there, there are a number of publications that do produce gift guides and if you you know i'm sure all of our listeners will have seen a gift guide at some point for christmas but also for mother's day and crucially here for father's day mm. which in this country is around june um and if you get your, it's a free advert, right? <laughs> like, mm. like it is worth the PR company absolutely spamming journalists. Yeah, because they're saving money. I mean, they're saving thousands of pounds, and also like something appearing in a recommended by the magazine section rather than on the page that says advertisement. Mm. It's 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 more than just saving the money. It is much. You know that is a gr much greater commendation than an advert ever could be. Mm. So, so, so a lot of a lot of energy is devoted to that. But anyway, I feel like that um, process is something that surely has only really been around in the last few decades. So, so yeah, it's surprising that 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 particular gift for a man was mm. produced in 1980s, presumably West Germany. Um, so it's, do you know what? It's really interesting and also kind of frustrating because obviously in preparation for this episode, I tried to do a little bit of digging. There doesn't seem to be many 
books or articles written on the process of like of like gift giving like the gen the gendered implications around gift giving historically mm. i would have loved to have known whether like like i don't know whether there were like novelty gifts in the victorian period i wish there was some like pop oh. cultural history or uh like a deep dive cultural studies on it but i haven't been mm. able to find one yeah so I actually have an excellent book, which I feel like I may have referenced in an earlier episode in a completely different context, called "Thank You, Comrade Stalin." Yes, which you is have. about yeah, gift yeah, giving. Yeah, yeah. G- yeah. <laughs> which is about gift giving during the Soviet Union, which obviously takes on a very, very different connotation. Um, and it's sort of it's more about it's sort of less about the actual objects, considerably less about the actual objects, and more about the idea of gratitude. Um, and non-monetary exchange of, uh, you know, like the gift could be the gift of a happy childhood from Stalin to his people, but it's more about it's about the sort of relationship between the patriarch and the the ordinary uh, person. Um, mm. But I th- but I think it it's still like there is you know there I think there is some literature around that sort of thing. You're right though I haven't found anything <laughs> like particularly useful about the gendering of gifts, which you know in the post cold war period takes on a completely different aspect because of the modes of production of as we keep saying just like on a completely different plane like the mm-hmm. reason this podcast exists in a way is that there is just so much more tat than there were like you mm-hmm. know podcasts has existed in the 1980s we wouldn't have been doing it like it's you know there there, there is like a something zeitgeisty about the amount of crap that there is in the world that is not needed that is produced to generate profit I guess to kind of like focus in this this discussion, I think like the process of gift giving is really important to deconstruct. And, you know, I found lots of stuff on like gift giving in the, I don't know, like early modern period and like someone mm-hmm. discussing Hobbes's Leviathan in chapter 10, he discusses gift giving as a kind of form of political oh. exchange over like, I don't know, like power and yeah. whatever. But specifically novelty gift giving, I really want to know. <laughs> Like how and why? Because, you know, if we think about like gifts are we give people gifts because uh, of habit or out of guilt because it's their birthday and we want to kind of like give them something or maybe Mm. as as Hobbes and his Leviathan says, it's all about power and you want to, you know, Mm. like court favor. But like the idea of giving someone specifically like a pencil that's in the shape of a penis or something as a kind of Mm. (laughs) as a kind of way of I don't really know. Is it like that you're creating kind of relationship with someone because you've made them laugh? I don't know. Like, there's like, mm. there's like two things going on. It's kind of like the politics of humor and the politics of joy at at play when it comes to specifically yeah. novelty gifts. And I think it's really interesting, you know, with the object that I've kind of brought in, but also more generally around novelty gifts is that they all feel so seventies. Like, they all feel like very on the buses kind of humor. Like, right. very kind of like. Uh, I don't know, like kind of, kind of like slightly innuendo-y, kind of sexual. Mm, incredibly tedious. Yeah, really, te- <laughs> really tedious. And like something that, like, if it was in a nineteen seventies like program, we'd be like, that's that's horrible and that's quite sexist or that's like whatever. But somehow oh, I see what you still, mean. So it sort of it survived. Cards. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. survived somehow in novelty gear. It's outlived the mores of like. Of, of the time changing in a way. I think that's true. I think that's true. I think, you know, sort of smutty seaside postcards, which you'd very much associate with the 1960s and more so 70s. I'm sure I've seen like quite glossy sort of hardback books containing them 
on the shelves of Urban Outfitters or somewhere, or you know, in a bookshop in the in the in the god usually god awful humour section. I mean, if you look in the humour section of a bookshop, you will you will never want to laugh again. Like, <laughs> the, the, like you know, it's, I mean, it's stuff I alluded to at the beginning, like Fifty Sheds of Grey, but like. You know, we could almost do a whole other episode on that stuff. I want to pull back to like what you said about about the sort of you know what are the what are the connotations of gift giving in the modern era? Because I think yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff about power that that informs both those um, you know the, the the early modern court, but also like the stuff I was talking about regarding Stalin as a dictator um, and the way that his cult personality was mediated to uh you know subjugated population that's obviously very different to i mean i I think the word i want to throw in is obligation like we feel like we have an obligation to give gifts now Mm -hmm. that i think can't possibly have existed um not to the same degree um Mm -hmm. for like most of modern history until very recently and i think that ties in with something else i quite wanted to bring up that connects to father's day which is the idea of the hallmark holiday and the idea that capitalism has and I'm sure you probably all know what... Do you know what a Hallmark holiday is, Cash? I have no idea. I'm getting, like, images of Michael Parkinson for some reason on a cruise, but I don't know why. That is that is intriguing because that has absolutely nothing to do with it. But we are absolutely leaving that in the episode because that's such a weird image. Um, <laughs> someone out there will know what the connection is between what you just said and a Hallmark holiday, but I'll be honest, I don't, I'm afraid, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, a Hallmark holiday is, I think maybe it's maybe it's more of a like American kind of notion and it contains in it like a, you know, latent critique of capitalism, I think, or modern ca- consumer capitalism anyway. It's the idea that Hallmark who um, are the chain that produce um, greetings cards mm. um, and uh, run shops that sell greetings cards, mm. have created specific holidays, um, days in the calendar every year, that require the buying of a card in order mm. to generate income for themselves. So one such day might be Secretary's Day, like you've got to buy a card for your secretary. <laughs> to my astonishment, there is also there's a there's a boss's day, and I a think maybe that's day. a whole other episode. Wow. How revolting is that? So like revolting. you can buy gifts, you can buy gifts for your boss that are like or like certainly cards anyway that are like thanks for being such a great boss. Oh, like staggering! <laughs> Thank you so much for exploiting me under capitalism. Yeah, yeah. I love oh. you. <laughs> Thanks so I love much. you. Please see taking my surplus value. Can I please um, take my yeah. holiday this year? I'd really love to see yeah. my kids. <laughs> Extraordinary. Only America would create a boss's day. But like the allegation, so the idea of a Hallmark holiday and the critique that is latent with it, or it's not even latent, it's explicit within that, is that you know, capitalism, cap, you know, consumer capitalism in the guise of this one particular corporation, Hallmark, um, is generating what you know a f- sort of folk ritual or rite of, um, in order to gen- you know boost its its bottom line mm. um, and that kind of is that even sort of I think colors the way that some people think about Father's Day and Mother's Day now mm. from a cursory bit of research that I did this morning Father's Day and Mother's Day definitely like go back a long way and there are there are religious roots to them interestingly um in a lot of places uh most i think every country in the world seems to have some sort of version of father's day they're not 
or, or and, and more so Mother's Day. They're not on the same day everywhere in the world um, mm. for some reason. Though a lot of countries, like scores of countries, have the same Father's Day as Britain, for what mm. it's worth, which is, I think, the if I remember right, the third Sunday in June. It's definitely somewhere near my birthday. Um, uh, and... So that isn't a Hallmark holiday. Intriguingly, just as a, a like postscript on the idea of the Hallmark holiday, I found a really funny press release on the Hallmark website in which they somewhat frustratedly explain that it's a myth and how like um, and how we're not like, that powerful, guys. Our... We just make yeah, cards. no, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. They're like, we're not that powerful. Like um, they would say that though. <laughs> it's such a joke press release. How a holiday is created. People have felt the need to celebrate significant days and events since earliest recorded history, and quite li- likely even long before that. And then goes on about like religious beliefs and practices, pagan stuff, the history of like what a holiday is, how a holiday gets, and then it, like explains that Hallmark was created in 1910 to make cards for holidays. Um, and then it concludes with the with a sort of line. So if you think that the special date on the calendar is quote just a Hallmark holiday, think again. There are fascinating histories behind every holiday for which Hallmark makes cards. We are happy to share the stories behind the holidays and the individuals who brought them to national recognition. Um, oh, and like it's, it's really that's yeah, it's really it's so catty because it's like yeah. it's and I mean it's a press release. Obviously, it's it's marketing, it's spin or whatever. But um, but yeah, like. You know the 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 idea that sort of some of the more obscure ones, like there's a grandparents' day, or you know, to go mm. with like your secretary's day and stuff, they're they're very they're very defensive about it, which I think is quite amusing. But um, but it does. I think all of this does tie in with like the man gift, or indeed the the, the woman gift. We're trying to, in the sense that like consumer capitalism is casting around. It's almost like consumer capitalism has a big whiteboard and is like, shit, how, okay, we need to come up with some new ways to make people buy crap for particular mm. occasions. And, you know, man, man gifts are obviously not, not solely around, uh, not solely available around Father's Day. You know, Christmas gift guides will often be for him and for her as mm. well. There's rarely, there's rarely a for him, for her, and then a neutral page, right? Like, this stuff is usually gendered. Yes. Can I just say, on Hallmark Holidays, I just found it really interesting because it kind of reminded me of how in Eastern Europe, like in Poland, they have lots of like days to people. So there's like Children's Day and there's like Mother's Mm. Day and there's Father's Day and stuff. And I know that we have Mother's and Father's Day in the UK, but... There's also like International Workers' Day. And I wonder whether a uh, very like secular gift giving or celebratory like like calendrical markers. I haven't made up the word calendrical. It means in relation to the calendar. Thank you. I've got a PhD. (laughs) (laughs) Never lets us forget about it either. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I've just like, I don't really, I haven't really got much else from it. So I just really, really need to, Aww, like, I need the title. You're making <laughs> me feel bad. <laughs> um, so I just kind of wonder whether, like, quite a secular kind of, like, a secular culture of gift giving and celebrating, like, people mm. based on, like, individual either, like, mm. roles in society then has, like, mm. I'm, maybe that set a kind of very strange... I don't know, wheel in motion where actually it was perfectly exploited by consumer capitalism. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's like a too tenuous. The other the other no, the other crucial thing here that keys into what you're saying is that 
um, and this is a big hobby horse of mine, is that the from the Reformation onwards, throughout Europe, you have um, you have the kind of you have power, and power can be vested in you know it's usually going to be the church or the state in the sort of early modern to to sort of late modern period, abolished, destroyed, banned or in, in one way or the other, eradicated literally thousands of, like, folk rites, rituals, um, and, you know, holy days or holidays of, of mm. one kind or another, um, because they were, you know, broadly speaking, afraid of, like, you know, the conviviality and celebration of ordinary working-class people, you know, that's so. I mean, and a lot of those would have been pagan rites and rituals of one kind or another. Um, some of them would have been tied to a Christian calendar. But in their sort of gap, like basically, like it is quite normal and natural for human civilizations, societies, you know, whether that's hyper local communities or whatever. And a lot of the rites and rituals I'm talking about would be hyper local. You think about like, you know, s- some of the ones that, that do still run, like the cheese rolling thing where everyone has to roll the cheese down the hill. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. they, like that, that still happens. I can't remember where in the country it is. The persistence of some of these festivals should not mask the fact that actually thousands of them were eradicated in the sort of 17th, 18th, 19th centuries. Um, and in their place, new things have sort of sprouted but they, whether they were generated by Hallmark Corporation or not, and clearly a lot of them weren't generated by Hallmark Corporation, they have been, they have been sort of tied uh, umbilically to the production of crap, basically, mm. and that's that has really kind of kicked into gear in in recent in recent decades. Can I just say something on that? Because yeah. one of the main reasons why, like, I really enjoy talking to you is that. You are someone who constantly reminds me that we deserve joy in our lives, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, when I speak to you about, um, you know, and, and we kind of touched on this in our Christmas episode, you're like, you know, we deserve holidays, we deserve joy, like mm. we deserve like fun things that aren't just us basically like. Uh, rejecting capitalism and feeling miserable you know we deserve (laughs) we can reject capitalism and not feel miserable and still recognize that we deserve joy in our lives so I wonder whether for some people okay like it's explicitly tied to like consumer capitalism but for some people maybe like celebrating international dogs day or international whatever day (laughs) you know it brings them a little bit of joy because it's a way of breaking out of the normality of their everyday lives and it's a way of bringing some kind of like joy into the calendar that's not just you know celebrating the battle of the yes. boy i don't know what else is on the calendar i can't remember oh, I, I mean think I think, that yeah one. that's 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 a bit more controversial that one um, yeah i mean i wouldn't celebrate the battle of the boy because I don't, <laughs> yeah, you know, be I'm, not, I'm not invested in but, that history but yeah but the international you know you're talking about these international dogs who have their own day i assume that's what that means international mm. dogs day is the celebration of international dogs right dogs that like travel a lot um and um Sorry, that was a joke. In case that's not obvious, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit, I was a bit, maybe a bit too dry in the delivery. But anyway, um, <laughs> International Dogs Day, as an example, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. Like, let's, and and I'm really glad that you reflected back to me the things that I was saying in the Christmas episode about, like, you know, it's not, it's not a radical 
humanist position to be against celebrations like mm. that's that's a that's a that's a crappy position from my point of view and this is ultimately this is like a this is a sort of a situationist idea i think of that mm. that in a, in a sense that like that like anything that disrupts the everyday where the everyday is um the monotony of you know working for to provide surplus value for somebody else under capitalism and the drudgery of work Mm. um anything that disrupts that is is broadly speaking probably going to be a good thing like and that goes for like snow days like i always think when this when it snows why Mm. is everyone so happy when it snows it's because the snow itself is fun sure but it's also because like everything's different everything looks different Mm. the like the monotony of your commute the chores you have to do, the picking up the kids from school, the like, you know, the 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 things you have to do when you get home. Everything's out the window, yeah. And mm. they're like the joy that like kids feel because, you know, either school's off because it's a snow day, or school isn't off and you can have a snowball fight in the in the playground. Like that, we still hold that as adults, and mm. um and and that's and that's sort of that's the same as it sort of being. Yeah, a holiday, whether that's International Dogs Day mm. or like like we're all looking forward to like the Queen's birthday, I think. I say, I'm not going to speak for everyone here, but I'm looking forward to the Queen's birthday because we get an extra bank holiday. Like, fuck the Queen. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a staunch Republican and always have been. But, you know, it means we get a day off and it means we get a day off where we get to, you know, break out of our usual routine and that can only be a good thing. Do you know what? It was like that with the recent storm day as well. Like I got sent home from work yeah. early, which was really exciting right. for me. And then, I mean, it was I really d- weird because I, I had did to no work. And, yeah, because it was the storm day. And then I and like everyone watched that like big jet TV because yes, it felt exactly. like it was like a snow day. But it was so weird because you looked a outside your window. Experience. Yeah, it's an experience. And then you looked outside your window and it was like, oh, it's quite a nice day. But the wind, like the trees are just blowing a little bit. And it was so eerie, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. Like, because I had to go and pick up my nephew. So I left the house. And like, obviously, it was quite like blustery and stuff. But it felt Mm. like the streets felt so, there was such a strange atmosphere that it felt like, kind of joyous like a snow day but almost like Mm. at the early stages of a snow day when everyone's still a little bit like how much is it going to snow like you know a little bit of trepidation anticipation of the big event yeah totally yeah yeah it was really really fun yeah it was interesting really interesting so i think we've talked about a lot of the um cheaper nastier more plasticky silly um throwaway gifts Mm. that are positioned as gifts for men and we talked a lot about like how that happened and when that happened um or when that became such a big thing but Mm. there's like there's a whole other realm of like man gifts that we haven't covered yet or probably several realms actually Mm. and i think i'd like to sort of just kind of close out the show with this sort of last section now just to by asking like what is it that consumer capitalism thinks men like (laughs) because <laughs> um because i've looked at a bunch of gift guides um and it's really interesting in terms of kind of how it the picture they paint so it's like a collage it's a it's a collage in like in sort of teak and whiskey scented collage <laughs> that um that kind of describes what we think a man is and what what men like it's whiskey and never prosecco because that's not manly. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean exactly, exactly. There are two genders. Mm. There is whiskey and prosecco. Yeah. Women do not ever drink whiskey, and men never drink prosecco. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, I think well, I think I want to like, like I, I mean, I've got, 
I've got just like lists of stuff here that really, really does sort of create uh, an impression of, of something of like modern masculinity. If you look through gift guides for men, there's there's so many like there's, there's bacon, sport, briefcases, hot sauces, shaving, whiskey, grills. Like these are the things that keep kind of coming up, like stuff around like manly food, which is meat and only meat. Hot sauce, which is spicy because men are strong. Mm. Whiskey, because that's the most manly drink that there is. Shaving, men love shaving and they love anything that happens around shaving. So on to whiskey, can I just quickly add, there's so much paraphernalia around whiskey as well. Like oh, it's like whiskey, yes. but then you can also get like these little like cubes that you put in the that you put in the freezer and they're supposed to be like the best whiskey cubes because they don't dilute your whiskey. It's like whiskey and mm -hmm. the whiskey industry. Like it's like all of these mm -hmm. like things, these industries. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're reminding me that I did actually get my dad for Christmas a tour around a whiskey distillery, and now I feel really embarrassed. Oh my I'm god, doing no! The same but thing. I have I have gone on one of those tours and also bought my dad one of those tour things. Yeah, well, I mean, there is. A, I mean, there's a connected thing here, which is that um, there's an idea that men are difficult to buy for, and that dads are difficult to buy for. That doesn't that does seem to be gendered. Like I feel like I've heard people say that. Um, that does apply to my dad because he's like really into what are his hobbies mm. and expert on all of those hobbies mm. and therefore which is like cycling like japanese cinema not much else really those are the main ones <laughs> but like you know i can't get him like any paraphernalia around his main hobbies because he already knows what the best things are for each of those because he's very nerdy about them and has already bought them so like there's no there's no gaps and you're not going to get him like a captain america mask or something else that you there is do you know that there's a it's high an interesting street, suggestion <laughs> i'm tempted now <laughs> there's a high street shop called man gifts i think it's called no is it called man gifts? no it's called men kind and it sells things what? for men but it's basically from what i can wow. see just lots of like baby yodas and like marvel stuff and then like gadgets and then like yeah you know gadgets yeah. and then like i don't know also because so, i was looking and i was just like all of these feel so uh generic and devoid of personality but is it because as we get older most of us like as we get older like if you want something like i, like, I always think this at christmas or whatever when people are like what do you want and i'm like I literally can just buy what I what I need now. Because <laughs> you're rich like, from all of the Patreon money. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I'm just rolling in the Patreon money, but you know, I, what, what do I want? If I need some fuses, I'll buy some fuses. Do I need like <laughs> do I need some light bulbs? I'll buy them myself. You know, like if I want to if, book, some, if like, someone got you fuses for Christmas, I would be I'd be a bit disappointed. You've obviously I, <laughs> never spent Christmas or birthdays in a Polish household. <laughs> Very practical did you say people. You did say fuses. Yeah, right? fuses yes. like that wow. you change. Wow, oh, amazing. Oh no, I mean I've never well, actually been bought fuses, but <laughs> it's just well, an example. Well, I won't be buying. I won't be buying any of these things for you because uh, because <laughs> of your gender. But um... yeah, women aren't allowed to have fuses. <laughs> no, no, Not I didn't mean. To I didn't mean that's fine. That's definitely what I meant. No, I was. I, I meant the things that I'm about to describe, oh, which right. are some of the things I found in the John Lewis uh, gift guide for men. And I think, like some of the some of the stuff that we haven't really covered in detail yet, falls under a sort of a heading that I can't 
think of any other way to describe other than using the line from Anchorman, which I know is a slightly corny sort of the kind of film that 22-year-old men like, and, you know, I probably did when I was 22. But um, there's a line where, where um, Will Ferrell's character in Anchorman says... I have many leather-bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. And that is, that like, that's that line, which, okay, it appears in, like, silly memes that, you know, like, if you saw a, if you saw a guy on Hinge that had that, like, meme with that picture with you, with Ron Burgundy, you'd be like, no, swipe left. But, um, but, but it does, it does capture something of, like, what you see in the more high-end gifts for men uh, sort of gift like like uh, uh, gift guides. Mm. Um, so things like and some of this stuff I just cannot believe cause it's so dumb. Uh, a a monthly watch subscription, which is for us at Cursed Objects, given what our logo is, given how interested we are in temporality, the idea that you would need a new watch every month defeats <laughs> like that is that is insane. That defeats the point of a watch. Surely that defeats the point of a watch. How can you get a watch? But Google it. Google monthly watch subscription. It exists. Who's changing their watch every month? I mean, oh frankly, having a... I, I mean, I, I personally think, I think maybe we need to do a whole other episode on a watch and talk about time or something at some point in, oh in more God. detail because a watch to me, having a having a watch is mental to begin with. Why do you need a watch? Just, you know, just use your sextant and look at the sun. Well, I mean, you know, we've all got smartphones. Um, the, uh, related, though, to the monthly watch subscription is a, a another gift, a personalised watch stand so that your watch doesn't fall over, I guess. It's like, so you can display your watches, basically. Which, again, why do you have so many watches? That That is baffling to me. Um, then there's the... And th- this, this is less absurd, but it does very much fit with that Ron Burgundy thing. A handmade leather bookmark... <laughs> which I just think is just like, yes, my bookmark is made of leather. That's right. Um, uh, Lots of women will fancy me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, 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 you're so sophisticated. It's like like that scene in in Peep Show where like Mark's like looking at, uh, at that woman and he's like, yep, think she spotted it. Ergonomic management keyboard. Like, <laughs> yes, it's what exactly. all the ladies like. <laughs> exactly. Um, really something that says something about your personality. Um, then there's a lot of like, there's stuff like brew your own beer kit. I mean, to be fair, that does sound fun to me. I would probably like that. Then there's a, a the portable roll-up dartboard I thought was a particularly absurd innovation. Like, mm. who is playing darts so much that they need to move it, sort of, around, <laughs> take it with them when they, when they travel? It's like, I just, I've got to get, keep getting those darts in. Um, oh my God, this, Sam, can this... you just give me one second because my eyes are streaming. I'm actually... <laughs> okay, all right. Them, I'm back, I'm back. I'm, so I'm I've back. actually got a little game for you now, Cash, because I, I wrote down the prices of some of the gifts that I found in the sort of high-end gifts for men uh, gift guides on on John Lewis, and I think there was another one on GQ. So what I want you to do, Kasha, is to ha- have take a stab at the price of each of these of each of these items. Oh no! Um, so this is and, and and again this these gifts I think really they capture. This is the monocle reader, isn't it? Like this is and I say this as someone who who has a very good friend that used to work at Monocle um, as the foreign editor. Which... Sorry, what 
what is monocle? Oh, fair, fair question. You see, you're not the target market. I think, Kasia, <laughs> it's um, it's very, it's very much targeted at men who like watches and briefcases, really <laughs> expensive watches and briefcases. Um, who it was started by Tyler Brule, which is his real name, not a pseudonym. <laughs> he is genuinely called Tyler Brule. Um, I'm who... losing my absolute mind here. What is going <laughs> <on>? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think Tyler Brule is the ultimate sort of man gift, <laughs> a, a high-end man gift sort of impu- like uh, personified. He uh, he writes a column for the FT, or used to anyway, in which was called something like "From the Business Class Lounge" or something, oh, which God. was like. And Monocle Magazine is for the business class traveler. It's it's really internationally focused. It's got loads of high-end. It's got stuff about like high-end Swedish designers, mm. like the the excellent journalist and uh, author and friend of the show Owen Hatherley has d- tweeted in the past some fun stuff about what Monocle's ideal cities are. So sort of the idea the, the because they do a they do like an ideal city guide or something. They do a ranking of like where the best cities in the world are and the kind of cities that they think are great are like Stockholm, Melbourne. Um, I can't remember what the other kinds are, but the, the other ones are. But it's it's a certain type of cultured, rich, rich but like liberal cultured, mm. like, well broadly liberal kind of man in his forties or fifties who likes expensive shit basically. So mm. like the adverts when my friend Steve worked at Monocle, we I think when he got engaged, we made him like an engagement card that was like a parody of Monocle magazine and everything was about watches basically like they <laughs> like they they just love watches and briefcases all the adverts like every other page in this very fat glossy magazine mm. is about it is every is like an advert for a watch or a, um or in or indeed a mulberry tanned leather satchel which is the first thing i'm going to ask you to guess the price of kasha a mulberry tanned leather satchel i'm going to go with 350 pounds I'm afraid that's six fifty, and this is a, a theme that that, that may that may persist as we go on. That the, these things are a lot more expensive. Than, I mean, that's a lot to pay for a bag, isn't it? Okay, net. So yeah, not not bad, but but a few hundred pounds off there. <laughs> what about a Lego Star Wars Millennium Falcon? Which is again, these are all from the John Lewis or the GQ gift guide for men. I think I know people have been bought this. I'm going to go with <laughs> really yeah the Millennium I think Falcon. So. Um, I'm going to go with um, £50. That is uh, that is a little way off, Kasia. I'm afraid the Lego Star Wars Millennium Falcon is £699. <laughs> okay, right. I don't know people who have been bought this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone that rich or stupid. <laughs> um, okay, what about some roulette cufflinks? That's cufflinks already you know the perfect gift for a, a certain type of man but mm. they've got a little roulette wheel in each one um i'm gonna go with uh 800 pounds okay so these actually are a snip at only 245 pounds Ooh, nice tiny tiny bit of metal that goes in your shirt <laughs> what a bargain <laughs> i think that's an absolute yeah, deal um, and then finally, I mean, the other things in here, I'm not going to make you guess all of the price of this. There's a there's a, a Gosney Rockbox pizza oven. I guess that's the brand or whatever. But a pizza oven, is that the sort of thing a man wants? I suppose so. Three, that's 400 quid. Um, you can buy the watch worn by Robert Pattinson in Tenet for <laughs> £1,495. <laughs> that's 1,500 quid. 
Wow. And then also weirdly there was some there's some there's some fifteen hundred pound roller skates in this gift guide as well, which I thought I like that because I think that seems a bit less macho. Like roller skates mm. seems a little bit more silly, a little bit less blokey somehow. So I was sort of oddly pleased to see roller skates in it. I think that's that was the only thing in there that remotely disrupted a certain type of uh, masculine identity mm. like in that mm. it seems maybe a little bit a little bit eff- effeminate maybe is that fair like um, and they're bright green as well which again was not everything else is bloody teak or mahogany colours <laughs> basically mm. um, including the Nespresso machine um, okay final guess though Cash what about the Hydro Home Rowing Kit which is a like like a rowing machine basically you can use at home oh my god I'm gonna go with Six grand. <laughs> you you got to the point in the game where you're a bit fed up. It's like I'm I'm fed up with getting this so far out and them all being more expensive. This is uh, this is again a bargain at only two thousand three hundred pounds. So um, I guess you know, I mean just buy a boat at that well, point. I exactly, think. <laughs> exactly. And also, I guess that's like one aspect that we haven't really gone too much of a deep dive into, which is gadgets. Right? Like they are so mm. expensive, but often yeah. I feel like gadgets are marketed marketed at men or for men you know particularly like um drones recently like there's like been a really big thing Mm. about buying people drones uh i guess this is like i don't know uh i guess there's like some normative assumptions about who technological things should go to maybe i didn't say that in the right way but you know like i think that there is an idea that men are interested in the world of technology and the fact that these objects are marketed towards them and not towards women is kind of quite telling. But I think also, yeah. like, I remember being, I don't know, quite fairly youngish, I don't know, maybe like 10, 11, and I would read, like, my brothers would get, like, Zoo and, like, Nuts and, like, Loaded magazine. And in the back of those magazines, to justify, I assume, the high price and to kind of make it seem like it wasn't just about women's naked bodies <laughs> to make it like, which oh, no. The, which is the mainstay of the rest of the magazine. Yeah. For younger yeah. listeners who may not know Zoo and Nuts and Loaded magazine, yeah, these are, yeah respectable sort of in the sense that they would not be on the top shelf only in that sense (laughs) sort of lads mags but like at the back there would be because I'd be like fascinated by this I'd be like okay so it's mainly just about women's bodies but then at the back there's this like to justify it being like actually this is a this is a magazine for men and it's not just like you know it's not just us looking at nudes it was like there'd always be like a technology section or like a gift section Mm. And I remember looking at this and being like, and in quite a few of these like like magazines, I was like, why why are men so obsessed with buying toy robot dogs? Because it was like <laughs> it was like the kind of turn of the millennium, you know, when there was kind of like there was like I don't know. Um, I kind of tomorrow's worldy kind of like what will the new millennium bring will it bring technological advancement and it's just really interesting these like really rubbish kind of like toy robot dogs that I assume someone would buy for a lot of money and then never turn on again like I don't know why anyone would why wouldn't you just get a real dog it was so baffling to me as like a kid growing up but also as a female like as a you know not as a not as a man this wasn't marketed towards me being like I don't understand what's happening here Mm. and there were like an entire uh I don't know like 
I mean, maybe this can be an episode in and of its own right, but there was like an entire world of what I would call gadget shops. There was one specifically called mm. The Gadget Shop and it was open oh, wow. from like 1991 to 2005 when I think it went bust, which kind of like really is that kind of, that kind of period of like utopian millennium optimism. And they just mm. sold like tat, like, like gadget tat, I guess. Mainly but like for electronic like... tat. Yeah, yeah tat, like... tat with wiring. <laughs> yeah, like little robot dogs and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but what I else like... apart from robot dogs, though? Like, Because I, mean, I think... Because now, you know, obviously this being all about innovative new technology, it changes all the time and stuff. And, and there are still magazines devoted to this that are absolutely explicitly targeted at men. You're absolutely mm. right. Like, Like Stuff Magazine, I think, is the big one, which is... I mean, the very fact it's called stuff in that sort of slightly ironised, like, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't be bothered to come up with a proper name for it. But, um, it's like Dave. But like, it's like the TV channel Dave all over again. It's like, oh, we're yes, not going to call yes. this Comedy 101 yes. or whatever. We're going to call it Dave because we're blokes. In, yeah. And, you know, in the it just past... says what it does on the tin. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, because, because that's another gendered thing, isn't it? That, like, we won't put on airs and graces. We won't have chintz and fripperies and you know um sort of sort of try and tar ourselves up to sort of seem more than we are because we're bloody blokes right and we like stuff <laughs> and we like things and we like a tv show channel <laughs> called dave we don't like alliteration like, it, yeah <laughs> i don't read yeah, dictionaries exactly. unless the dictionaries yeah. are actually disguising my port <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's the, these are the only books I read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ones that are full of fortified wine for some reason. Um, yeah. I mean, so I the think, wife I think again, this, I mean, this, this episode is a real, like, you know, sort of uh, contains multitudes, does it? In the sense that, like, there are lots of other episodes that I think we should do springing off from this. And one of them is about 90s technology and innovations. And, and only, only older millennials will remember the innovations catalogue because it apparently closed in 2003. But this was a magazine that was devoted entirely to self-consciously useless gadgets. Like, um, <laughs> in, inventions... No, honestly, it was like a cult thing. I can't... I couldn't find... I found a... A BuzzFeed article, which was like 17 majestically useless items from the innovations catalogue. Unfortunately, all the pictures have gone. <laughs> They've like, because <laughs> BuzzFeed is is no more, sadly. BuzzFeed itself is an innovation that has become obsolete. Um, but the, uh, but like the, the, there was a high point. I think you're absolutely right of like this sort of futurism, um, or or at least optimism, techno optimism in the 90s uh, before it became clear before 9-11 and you know it became quite so clear quite how imminent quite how bad climate change is going to be uh but yeah that's that's an episode for another time i think because we are kicking on past the hour mark shall we wrap up let's wrap up so i'm going to go and fill i'm gonna maybe thoroughly wash this (laughs) book i mean it's quite hard to actually get in so You know, because there's only a very, very fine, um, very small hole with which you're supposed to pour the port in and pour the port out of in this uh, book Mm -hmm. that I've got here. So I'm going to try and find a very decent scrubber that can get in. Um, Well, you need need an innovative sort of... uh port book scrubbing brush gadget in a a gift guide for men but it also goes around right angles and corners 
I absolutely do. So that's how I'm going to spend my afternoon, getting quietly drunk and not letting the wife know. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Spot what are you away. up to? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to eat some more hot sauce and another sandwich, celebrate the fact that I didn't fall asleep and crash halfway through this episode. Um and then and then maybe tuck in some Octavia Butler. Thank you, Kasha. That's a real gift for man. That's the no, men. That's the, you know, that's what all the real men really yeah. want. Real men read Octavia Butler. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You just you just come up with a slogan for one of our one of our badges when we get when we make those. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I am Dr. Kasha T. I am Dan Hancock's BA Ons. And uh, <laughs> if you want more Cursed Objects after this series of 10 episodes finishes, then we are going to, we are, we are committed and determined to up our production levels um, after, after we finish. And we'll be making more regular free episodes and Patreon-only episodes. So if you want to get in on the ground floor, do go and subscribe to our Patreon for £4 a month. Um, otherwise, please do just tell a friend. Leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. You can now rank... Uh, you can now give a star rating to podcasts on Spotify. And it's not for me to tell you how many stars you should give five. You should give us five. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you make your own decision. Or follow us on Twitter and Facebook... No, wait, not Facebook. Not Facebook. Not Facebook. We're not we're not boomers. Uh, <laughs> on on Twitter and Instagram for more content. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks everyone. Bye.